We are continuing in the book of Joshua, chapter 6. So, continuing in the book of Joshua, chapter 6. And the book of Joshua... uh, so, So, let me just summarize where we are. So, what happens is the children of Israel come out of Egypt... And they wander in the wilderness for 40 years because of a disobedience at Kadesh Barnea for not taking the land that had been committed to them. Over that 40-year period, everyone from the age of 20 years old and older died in the wilderness except for Caleb and Joshua. Joshua now is, is leading, <clears throat> leading the, the children of Israel into the promised land. They have already taken the city of Jericho. So that's what we read about last time. They just took the city of Jericho. So let me give you an idea on the map where we are. So this is, this is Israel. This is the, 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 the Sea of Galilee. You come down the Jordan River. This is the Jordan River. goes into the Dead Sea. This is current-day Jordan on, on the east side of the, de- of, of the River Jordan. This is the current-day, the nation of Jordan. This is the current-day... Israel and Palestine, okay? And down here is where they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Egypt is down over there. And they came up, came around, just crossed the, the Jordan and attacked this city of Jericho, conquered the city of Jericho. Their home base that is set up now temporarily in the city of Gilgal. Gilgal is, is a city that, that they've not yet found the ruins for Gilgal. They don't know exactly where that is. That served as the temporary capital uh, uh, for Israel just for, for a few years as they were coming into the land. And they're about to take this city of Ai. Jericho is near the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is the lowest place on planet Earth. It's very far be, be, uh, below sea level. Jericho itself is 900 feet below sea level. They're about to conquer Ai. Ai is, is uh, uh, 2,600 feet above sea level. So you, you have a 3,500 foot trek from Jericho to Ai uphill. Uh, it, it's hard to see the z-axis on this, on this plot, but uh, uh, so AI is very high, Jericho is very low. And so this is where they are, and so what we're reading about is just as they're coming into the land, right after the, the conquering of that city of Jericho. Alright, so we're going we're gonna to pick up in, uh, in verse um, 20, 26. In verse 26, It says in Joshua chapter 6, verse 26, Then Joshua made them take an oath at that time, saying, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds the city of Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundation. And with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. So it's interesting. uh, um, He curses the city. And this was the city when they came in that clearly God did a miraculous work where the walls just dropped on down. All the other cities that they're going to attack are going to be through normal military strategy. And this is just like in our lives. There are times where God moves and works that the miraculous just happens. But not every day is like that. Most days, it's normal strategies of life that you go through. God's blessing was clearly there and His conquering was clearly there. But the miraculous of walls just falling down only happened at Jericho as they come in. And that's why there is a curse upon the city because it was a religious battle uh, as they came into this land. And there's going to be other ramifications in that having been a religious battle. 
And he says, whoever rebuilds this city, now this, this rebuilds, whoever builds up this city, this building has the sense of a word of fortification. And that word is talked about in, in, uh, in several other passages. We know that many people and the Jews lived in that city of Jericho and nobody was dying, nobody was cursed. In fact, in Joshua chapter 18, that, and, and here's the verses right there, in Joshua chapter 18, verse 21, that city is going to be given to the tribe of Benjamin. In Judges chapter 3, verse 13, it's called the city of Palms. In 2 Samuel 10, 5, David sends his officials to go wait in Jericho. It was a land that, that was dominated by Israel. The city existed. It was not until 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 34, that that curse was fulfilled. A man went to rebuild the city and rebuild the city walls, fortify the walls. When he started rebuilding the city walls, his, his, his oldest son died. When he finished the city walls, his youngest son died. Because he said, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city, Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundation. With the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. Very hard for us in this day and age to understand a curse like that. Other than the fact that we are to respect the Word of God. This was a curse that was put by the Word of God over the city of Jericho. And it was a curse that was fulfilled. The Word of God comes true. The Word of God comes true. I want to spend the time today focusing, though, on the last verse of Joshua chapter 6. It says, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. Very short little passage. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. You have this passage now where he talks about Joshua. It says, The Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. This is the keys to success in your career. The keys to success in your family. The Lord was with Joshua and his fame was in all the land. Human beings, in our culture in particular, have this desire to build a name for themselves. And this is a good thing. This is not a bad thing to want to excel in one's career. That's not a bad thing. But it's interesting on how this can take place. I want to turn to Genesis, Genesis chapter 11, the book of Genesis. So we're going to go to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 11. And this is the instance where they are building the Tower of Babel, which was, was then later reconstructed as, as the city of Babylon, a huge, great city. And that's in current day Iraq. And as they were building this city, they were building this in order to somehow try to get, uh, uh, try to show themselves something and, and, and actually violate the command of God that He had given to the people to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. They all started staying in one place. And He says in, in Genesis chapter 11, verse 4, He said, The people came together and they said, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used bricks for stone and they used tar for mortar. And they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach to the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So their desire was in themselves to make a name for themselves. This was their desire, to make a name for themselves. That's what they wanted to do. And then it says, God scattered them in all directions. Now let's see another man and what God has to say about him. Genesis chapter 12. 
This is the man named Abram, later to be called Abraham, later to become the father of our faith. And he says of of Abraham, he says in verse 1 of, of Genesis chapter 12, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who curse you. And the one who, uh, and I will, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He says in, in verse 2, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. Look at the difference here. There was a group of people that sought, sought to make their own name great. And they were scattered. God says to Abram, I will make your name great. I will make your name great. What God has the ability to do is to pick up a man, pick up a woman, and make their name great. But it doesn't just happen by God saying, well, let me just make this person great. There is a relationship. It comes out of a depth of relationship. There is something that happens here that makes their name great. God began to have a relationship with a man named Abram. God began to have that relationship, and it was through that relationship that he began to make his name great. So if we, if we look back, I want you to, to, to reflect upon this passage in, in Joshua chapter 6, because we're going to keep coming back to it. It, it said in... in, in uh, in Joshua chapter 6, that last verse says, So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was in all the land. The Lord was with Joshua. What is it with this guy Joshua? What was it about this man Joshua? Why Joshua of all people? Why would Joshua be the one that the Lord was with? Why would Joshua be the one whose fame was in all the land? Why Joshua? What's so special about him? Well, there are these passages where we're given snippets of Joshua's life. And I want to look at one of these in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, that's the second book of the Bible, in the book of Exodus chapter 33. It mentions something about Joshua when he was just a young man. He was about the age that many of you are right now. And he was an assistant to this great man, Moses. He was an assistant to this great man, Moses. And this man, Moses, had a very special characteristic. He was a man who would get alone with God and pray. And I'm here to tell you that that still works. You get alone with God and spend time with Him, and it still works the same way that it worked with Moses. In in, uh, Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. It says, now Moses used to, take, used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp, and he called the tent the tent of meeting. And everywhere, everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent that all the people would arise and stand each at the entrance of his tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. When Moses, whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses. 
When all the people saw the pillar of the cloud stand at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship, and each at the entrance of his tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Look at that. Look at that little secret about the life of Joshua. You know, Moses could really pray for long periods of time. Remember, he went up to the mountain for 40 days. I mean, the man really knew how to pray. You know who was with him on that mountain for 40 days? Take a guess. Joshua. There was one man allowed up with him. That was the young man Joshua, Moses' assistant. Moses came back down, dealt with the people of Israel that were dancing around an idol, and went back up for another 40 days. You know who was with him? Joshua. Joshua was a young man who when Moses would get tired of being on his knees in the tent of meeting, he would go out, Joshua would stay there. Joshua was a man who spent time with God. And it still works to this day. You spend time with God and the Lord will be with you and your fame will be in all the land. This is the promise that we see. There was a man, Joshua, who would spend time with the Lord and the Lord was with him and the Lord brought him up and his fame was in all the land. What is the background of Joshua? At a young age, he started spending time with the Lord. At a young age. This secret... This secret was shared with me when I was your age. When I was your age. I got saved at the age of 18. Shortly after that, I started really walking with the Lord at the age of 19. I started really walking with the Lord. I met a pastor named Dr. T.E. Koshi. He was the evangelical chaplain of the university. And he began to share with me about the secrets of prayer. The secrets of spending time with God. And he talked with me about a man named Daniel who used to spend three times a day, it said Daniel would go to pray. And I thought, I want to be like Daniel. I can do that. And so I would rise up in the morning and I would spend time in prayer because I'm a morning person and my mind is best in the morning. I don't need a drop of coffee in the morning. I mean, I am just wired come morning time. If I were to have coffee, I would break something. I mean, so, so and, and uh, I give the Lord my best time. And I wake up in the morning... And, I, and I've gotten up early in the morning ever since I was an undergraduate to spend time with the Lord. And then it says Daniel would break in the middle of the day and spend time with the Lord. So as, as an undergraduate, this was my normal pattern. I would go to the chapel around midday and I would fall on my knees and spend time in prayer to the Lord. And then in the evenings, I would spend time in prayer with the Lord before I went to bed. And I maintain that practice to this day. Now, I've had the convenience of never leaving the university. I I just loved the university. I got saved as a college student, and I I thought, you know, campus life is great, and I just became a professor, so I've never really been out in the real world. But there's always been a a, a chapel on campus, and, and, uh, you know, a lot of chapels are never used for anything except weddings and funerals, and it was great because at midday there was nobody in there. And I could always go there and have a place to pray. And I maintain that to this day. To this day, I maintain that. 
And, you know, I was talking with a, with, with a man this week and he was saying, you know, you're, 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 he, he, he was a little bit, uh, I don't know, he, he was a little bit misled. But he said, you know, you, you're, you're such a great scientist and, and still you do all these things in serving the Lord. And I looked at him, I said, no, you don't understand. I'm a great scientist because I serve the Lord. Don't you see the blessing that God drops into a life? Don't you see it? This is the blessing that God drops into a life. I know all of you are very smart and you got into rice. I never could have gotten into rice. I can only teach there. (laughs) I know what God has done in my life. I know what He has done. If you will spend time in the Lord with the Lord, this is what He will do in your life. This same sort of pattern. Go ahead and try to fight it by yourself. Go ahead and become somebody great all by yourself. Go ahead and try it. There's a lot of smart people out there. There's a lot of talented people out there. You guys who are musicians, there's a lot of talented musicians out there that you've got to compete with. There's a lot of talented engineers out there that you have to compete with. Or you can say, I want to follow the scriptural pattern. I want to follow God and let Him make my name great. I will follow God and allow Him to make my name great. You follow God and allow Him to make your name great. The Lord was with Joshua and His fame was in all the land. The Lord was with Joshua and His fame was in all the land. It was the Lord who gave Him fame. Let's look at, let's look at uh, another man. N- another man, uh, uh, David. We're going to look at, at, at David. and uh, uh, This is in, in 2 Samuel, in the book of 2 Samuel. We're going to look at the life of David. 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7. And we're going to start reading from verse 8. The Lord is recounting, God is recounting what He's done with the life of David. 2 Samuel uh, uh, chapter 7 verse 8. What He's done with the life of David. David is a brand new king. He's just become king. And he says, Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David. This is 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 8. Thus says the Lord of hosts. So that means God is now talking. This is what God has to say. I took you from the pasture, from following sheep to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. And I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name, like the names of the great men who are on the earth. This was what God told David. David was a man who had an amazing prayer life. And we have a lot of that documented in the book of Psalms. You see the relationship that he had. And he reminds David, let me tell you where I took you from. He says, I took you from the pasture, from following sheep. You weren't leading the sheep, you were following them. When I first met you, you were following the sheep. I took you from a pasture from following sheep. You know, this thing of being a shepherd, we don't understand it today, but it was the lowliest job you can do. It was, it was like being a, I, I, I don't know, you, you, to be politically correct, you can't, you can't say anything about anyone or anything. You can only talk about aliens. So, but, but there are certain jobs that you wouldn't want to have to do. That was being a shepherd. So remember the children of Israel went into Egypt 
And it says the Egyptians couldn't eat in the same room as a shepherd. They hated shepherds. And, uh, uh, and, and, and Joseph came from a family of shepherds. And uh, um, so shepherd was the lowliest thing you could be. He reminds David, I took you from the pasture, from following sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. He can take you where you are at and begin to sort your life ahead of you if you will spend time with Him. This is your time to begin to plug into Him. This is your Joshua moment to spend time with the Lord, to show your mettle, to show what you are going to do, to say, Lord, help me to spend time with you. Help me to do this and spend time with you. Help me to do this. When Moses commissioned Joshua, he said the very same sort of thing. But what we see here, he says, I'm going to take you, David, and I I defeated your enemies around you, and I'm going to make you a great name. Same sort of thing. If you turn to Joshua chapter 1, if you look in in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, Moses is commissioning Joshua to take over to take over Israel. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And it says, after he's commissioning him, he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Why should you meditate on it day and night? So that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. If you spend time with God and in His Word, you will make your way prosperous and successful, the Scriptures say. And prosperity that that God has for us is very different than what the world promises. In fact, New Testament prosperity has nothing to do with material things. In fact, it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you have food and clothing, with that you shall be content. That is the only thing He promises you in the New Testament. You want to go reflect on Deuteronomy 28? That's fine. That was to the Israelites in that day. All, what He tells us in the New Testament, all He promises you is food and clothing. If you've got food and clothing, that's all He's guaranteed you. He hasn't even guaranteed you a home. But you will have great success It is beyond material things. It is Himself. He gives you Himself. He gives you His very presence. What He promised to Joshua is if you take this book and make it your meditation, you will be successful. I committed, when I was an undergraduate, to reading the Bible every day of my life. And as far as I know, I've maintained that. Every day of my life, I have read the Bible. Every day of my life, from the time I was an undergraduate. Except, I think once when I had the flu, I slept through an entire day. Other than that day, I read the Bible every day of my life. Every day of my life, I've read this book. You say, well, how do you read it? It's very simple. I go to page number one. Genesis chapter one, and I start to read. Then when I'm done with the book of Genesis... I start in the book of Exodus. Then when I'm done with that chapter, and I go right through to Revelation chapter 22, and then I start reading again. Genesis chapter 1. And I pick up each day where I left off the day before. 
Well, what a novel concept. You can read a book from beginning to end? I didn't know that. <clears throat> you read from beginning to end and you say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me from this book. Lord, speak to me. And this is the same thing that this, this pastor taught me, Dr. T.E. Koshi, when I was an undergraduate. He said, you get alone with the Word of God. And he said, you say, Lord, speak to me from this, <clears throat> from this passage that I'm in. Speak to me. And this is what I do to this day as I'm alone with the Lord and I say, Lord, speak to me from this passage. I can be even in, in, in the book of genealogies, talking about genealogies, and, and just, just He speaks to me. There are some days that I get more than other days, and some days I can't get my eyes past a single sentence, and my eyes keep going back to this sentence. And this is, when, you, when that happens to you, this is what you say. You say, I'm here, Lord, speak. I'm here, Lord, speak. He keeps bringing your eyes back to a certain sentence. Speak to me, Lord, from this passage. This is the same way I was taught, exactly the way I was taught. I'm teaching you. And I, and I say, Lord, speak to me. You, sh- you must be saying something. My eyes keep going back to this passage. And then, boom, he just starts to fill you. I'm not in a hurry to get through the Bible in a year. If it were important to finish the Bible in a year, the Bible would say, finish the Bible in a year. It doesn't say that. It says that we are to meditate on the Word of God. And so I don't leave that passage until I'm full, full. In other words, I will read that same passage, that same sentence, that same paragraph the next day and the next day and the next day until I feel the Lord has satisfied me. And I'm getting no more from that passage that's new and then I read on. Then the next time I'm going through the Scriptures, I remember what, what He spoke to me and He speaks more to me. This is the secret of getting to know God. The Lord was with Joshua and His fame was in all the land. The Lord can be with you and bring your fame in all the land. You have the advantage that I had. I am so thankful that I got saved at the age of 18. So thankful if you have not yet received the Lord. I urge you to do that. To bow your knee before God and say, Lord, forgive me because I am a sinner and come into my life. And allow God to come into your life and then let Him conform you into the image of Jesus Christ because He is magnificent and beautiful. And you will never go wrong if you have the image of Jesus coming through your life. If you have the compassion and the love and the wisdom of Jesus Christ coming through your life. You have great advantage to hear these things while you are young. To hear these things before you are married, before you choose your spouse, before you mess up your life with all sorts of things all sorts of distractions before you get involved in car payments and house payments and debts and all sorts of things that are going to cram in upon your life and these thorns that make it very hard to hear God. At this age, take hold of it. The Lord was with Joshua and His fame was in all the land. It says in Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how I love your word. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever mine, and I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Look at the promise for the one who meditates on the Word of God every day. Oh, how I love your Word. It is my meditation all the day. Psalm 119, verse 97. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. They are ever mine, and I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I have more insight than all my teachers for your testimonies or my meditation. He doesn't say, than just your Bible teachers. He says, I will give you more insight than all your teachers if you make the Word of God your meditation. Believe it. 
Believe the Word of God. I have believed the Word of God for that. That He will give me more insight than, than those who have poured their lives into me teaching me. That if I meditate on the Word of God, that I'll have more insight than all my teachers. This is the promise if you will meditate on the Word of God. This is the secret behind Joshua. That the Lord was with Joshua and His fame was in all the land. This didn't come overnight. It came by a life of prayer. A life of spending time before God. Set the pattern of your life right. Correctly. Now. In the beginning. Set the pattern of your life correctly. I urge you to follow this example that I put before you. Like Paul said. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Paul who follows Christ. Pick up this pattern. Pick up this pattern of spending daily time meditating in the Word of God, of spending time in prayer with the Word of God, and you will see your life change. This is the Word of God that is laid before you. What we saw in that curse is the Word of God is true, and it comes to pass. The blessings come to pass also. If you will spend time with the Word of God and do this daily, there is no promise for three times a week. No promise for twice a week. Maybe there's a blessing, maybe there isn't. The promise in the Word of God is always for daily meditation on the Word of God. Lots of promises for when you spend daily time with God. No promises for spending three, days, three, three mornings a week with God. There's no promise. Maybe He's going to bless you, maybe He won't. But my guess is you'll have a sinusoidal life. You spend time with the Word of God and you will be greatly blessed. Let's pray. Abba, Father, I thank You so much for the Word of God. Thank You, Lord, for the truth of it. And I pray, Lord, that You get a hold of the hearts of these young people today. Get a hold of their hearts today. Your glory and Your grace be there. Get a hold of their hearts. Father, may they set their lives in a pattern of seeking You. May they set their hearts in knowing You through the Word of God. Many of them have never even really picked up the Word of God to meditate upon it. Let them start from this day, I pray, to pick up the Word of God and to begin to read it and say, Lord, speak to me. And that, Lord, then You would fill them and speak to them through the Scriptures. And, Lord, for those here who do not know You, Father, soften their hearts this day. And if you don't know the Lord and you want to come to know Him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me because I am a sinner and come into my life. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, I pray that you would draw these young people to your Son. Draw them to Jesus for it is the kindness of God which draws men to repentance. Draw them to Jesus, I pray. Your grace, your mercies be on them the grace and the mercies of God surround them. Father, for those here who are just starting their time at Rice, Lord, I pray your blessing on them that they would establish good friendships that would last for a lifetime, godly friendships, that they would get involved with good campus Christian groups, that they'd get involved in a church where the Word of God is preached and they would hear that, that they would learn about the life of Jesus. Father, make this a much richer time in their lives than merely the academics. Let it be a pattern, I pray Thee, O Lord, a pattern of learning to be with the Lord, learning to be with the Lord, and that You then 
would take care of providing with them, for them a great name on earth. Father, that it would be surrounded by you. The glory of God. The glory of God be shown through their lives, I pray. The glory of our Lord Jesus. And in his name I pray. Amen.